And here we are. Friday the 13th. Special edition. Rug Radio. GM NFTs. Mm-hmm. What's up, Mando? What's up, man? How are you? Good. We vibing. Hold on. Let me share this. GM NFTs is live. Hold on. Let's tweet it out. Y'all know the vibes. How we get started. We do a little tweeting and uh, get the people in here for this episode. It's number... going. Exactly. Episode number, I don't know, like 200. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's a lot of episodes. Uh, we just never kept count. Uh, but we, we'd be up there in the, in, the, in the numbers of episodes that we've hosted so far. We're waiting for the great OSF as well. You, you sound better this morning, but Listen, we're rested. Though, I got to say, I got some really good feedback about yesterday morning's show. Um, <laughs> oh, my. No, there's a lot to unpack. Um, also, the fact that this Twitter deal is on hold now. Just read that. My God, so much going on. This is so crazy. Uh, this is so, so, so crazy. Um, so much happening all the time, everywhere, every day. So, <laughs> T- Twitter on hold, Sam Bankman Freed buying 7% of Robinhood. Uh, I'm sure Amanda knows a lot more that happened in the market yesterday. Yeah, look, I think, um, I, I don't know. Do you think that Twitter thing is real? I don't, I'm not sure if he's just like trolling. Like, it was just a tweet that he sent. I'm not, I'm not too sure if it was anything more than that. It kind of feels like he's maybe just like, um, like I don't know, trying to create some drama. Dude, it's I know I saw that, but the, the Twitter stock got hit so hard by that. Let me see where's OSF right now, and also let me tweet this out. Hold on. I think uh, if uh, Jack would have just waited, like an, I mean, uh, if if Elon would have just waited like another two weeks, he could have got it for like a fifteen percent discount. <laughs> Hold on. Where? Which, which is like $6 billion. <laughs> oh my God, that's so wild. I don't think this matters at this stage for him. Topics. Macro. Doodles. Tanky Club. They got us, ladies and gentlemen. The ENS community got us. They got us. We have Daniel coming today. They did OSF, just, as per normal, turns up five minutes late for the show. You know, OSF heard that the ESF the yes OSF heard that ENS people are coming on spaces and said fuck it I'm not going he said I don't want it they forced me to host this they put a gun to my head and I don't want to come on so are you drunk again today like what were you what have you been doing for the last couple of days what did you do yesterday I slept for 11 hours oh really okay one of those days I I tried to sleep for just eight, and it was impossible. So we we squeezed in a couple more hours. You know what I mean? I think we marked the bottom yesterday. I think I think our this this space made everything rally about ten twenty percent. Our space yesterday. I gotta go get that clip of OSF uh, uh, screaming his lungs out, and like I'll put like the Titanic song behind it, and like it's just or like some other song, like some uplifting music. 
like ton 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 bom bom ton 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 like he did yesterday about how everything was going to be okay and that this is where wealth is created in the middle of a bear market and that, you know, if you keep on going, God, oh, Seth, yesterday. Exactly. You, you, <laughs> you, really, you really put on a show yesterday. Uh, you know, um, everyone, everyone seems to think that you are the, the cause, the direct cause uh, of Ethereum, uh, you know, trying to work on this way back up. As a matter of fact, yesterday, I saw a tweet asking you to keep talking because the more you were talking, the more ETH was rallying. And so, you know, we thank you for your service. Insert salute emoji. God, I wish we had salute emoji here on Twitter spaces. We salute you, OSF. <laughs> because, you know, when you, when, you, when, you, when you don't have a cock in your mouth or a cookie, sorry, you're spitting really, cookie. really good stuff. And... Uh, I'm still wondering how you made that typo, uh, but I. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, GM everyone, you know what to do. Friends and fam, you want to come up on stage. You request bottom left. You come up on stage, chat with the fam here. Uh, today we have another stacked show. You know what to do as well. The top, I pinned it, retweet it, hit the shares. Bottom right, you can share it as well. Um, today's topics as usual: macro and NFT daily summary. Uh, the Doodles Duplicator release that was that happened yesterday. I actually have to go duplicate my Doodle as well. Probably going to do it on the show. Uh, and so we're going to chat about that. Uh, it was good to see. Uh, 10K Club official. The ENS community. They got us. They got us, ladies and gentlemen. They did. OSF Mando. I mean, when Mando texted me that we have Daniel coming, I was dying. I, I love it. We have this ongoing joke, guys. That's why. Um, uh, with OSF and Mando, because it's like a couple times over the last couple of weeks, a couple of people from the ENS community were like really mad at us saying that we don't talk about them. But the joke was that we had just talked about them two out of the five shows that week. And so <laughs> when Mando yesterday told us that we have Daniel on the show today, I thought it was funny. But I'm excited because Daniel is a great guy and I mean, I really want to hear his take. Is And also... I happened to have read something, some updates that happened, I think, this morning, no, yesterday uh, with the ENS domains, et cetera, that are actually uh, really interesting, uh, you know, um, regarding subdomains, et cetera. And we're also going to be chatting about the favorite NFTs to buy during this dip. Uh, obviously, we're seeing some sort of relief rally right now. We're going to we're gonna get to it in a second um, with, with OSF and Mandel. But yeah, that's, that's what we're at. And so really excited for another great show. Just so you all know, we're now everywhere. We're not just on here. Apple, Apple, it's called Apple, not Apple Music. It's Apple Podcasts, right? Yeah, Podcasts. Apple Podcasts and and uh, and Spotify. You know the vibes. Uh, I'm going to pin that. I think, Mando, you shared it yesterday. Uh, I'm actually going to pin yesterday's episode. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful this one was uh, recorded, okay? Because it was a really funny one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so I'm a pin at the top. There you go. It's the Madonna special. Yesterday was the Madonna special. Actually, we should check out what the bids are at right now. I'm curious. I think it ends in like an hour or so. But um, but the 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 yesterday special was Madonna special, and and the links to Spotify and their Apple Podcasts are there. Uh, we chatted about Luna, other side, Murakami artifact, people, Madonna, etc. So a lot of fun. But Osef Mando, how are you guys doing this morning? How's how's things? 
Good. OSF is actually coming. OSF is actually coming to Portugal this weekend, so we're going to get to hang out in real life for the first time. No way. That is cute. Two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. It's been a long two weeks. That's been a very long two weeks. How did you guys? So how did you guys like manage like doing this two weeks and not be together? Like, was there a like? Oh, don't worry. We've 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 already spoken to each other for about four hours already this morning talking about the future of DJs. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't worry. Ooh. Don't worry about us spending time together. Tough, but... Ooh, it's gonna be tough, you know. But yeah, you figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah, I mean, times are rough, right? Uh, you know, when you're not with your loved one sometimes, and so I understand. You know that you might have missed one another. Um, and you know what, though, I think a lot of people are starting to get really jealous of you guys' friendship because it's really beautiful, and I get to witness it uh, in the group chat. So. Um, it's it's really special. I saw that tweet yesterday, that text you posted about Germany. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you guys cracked me up. Oh my god, I love that. That's pretty funny, right? So, that sort of stuff happens all the time. Like I know, all the time. It's so funny. Like Mando's just trying to talk about him and his wife, and all stuff just has to get in the middle of it, you know? And uh and <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So, anyways, let's talk about this market. I woke up this morning uh and I'm seeing some green. I'm seeing a lot of people talk very fast about some relief rally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Though, you know, I'm not sure macros are looking good still, right? It's not like the economy just, just fixed itself over the last couple of days. But OSF, Mando, give us a little rundown of, of what's happening here. Yeah, I mean, look, just as nothing is up only, nothing is also down only. And stocks have rebounded. They rebounded yesterday, rebounding again today. Like Nasdaq's up 3%. S&P 500's up 2%. Um, crypto's up a lot, like ETH is back to 2.1k, Bitcoin's almost at 31k, there's huge swings in altcoins, you know, like some altcoins were down like 50-60% um, in the last few days and now stuff is up 50-60%, so um, look, I don't think we're out of the woods, I think if you, I hope people who had liquidity was were um, motivated by my speech yesterday and went out and, and bought some stuff because that was literally like, I think we may, that may be one of the lows that we'll see for a while, in my opinion, in crypto anyway, especially in a lot of altcoins. But um, yeah, stuff is like back up a lot today. And this is a bit more akin to the violent swings you usually see in crypto. Like like I said, I don't think we're out the words. I think you, you said it right. We're not just, the economy isn't just fixed overnight. But remember, like a lot of information is, is gets priced in and a lot of bad news is priced in. It's not like it's never going to get fixed. It will get fixed at some point. And equities are always forward looking and future looking. So um like i don't know if we're like we're out the woods i don't know if this is just like a small bounce and we'll drift lower again if we stay here i'm not really sure like i'm not doing anything here but you know if we get back to to yesterday's levels i would continue buying like i was hoping to continue buying today and then you know things are up so i just stopped but um yeah nothing really more to add other than i think people just uh you know people just got caught wrong footage yesterday and you know maybe people are forgetting about the uh the terror stuff as well yeah, I think it's still, yesterday was a time where we were saying, like, this is the time to start dollar cost averaging into maybe longs around this sort of level. We even said that a few days ago when there was the first capitulation down to like 2,100. Um, but now we've tested a much lower level, which is like one one 700 on ETH. I don't know necessarily to be chasing it on days like today. Um, I still think you're probably going to get a chance to dollar cost average. But I do think that around this sort of level, um, it's not, like you can still put on the long like stuff is still down 60 percent um but uh i do think maybe maybe not today like let's see how it goes over the weekend um i i think given the amount of institutional fear in the market we're probably 
we'll, we won't just go on a V-shaped recovery here. There'll be some form of consolidation um, around this sort of level, or maybe even maybe even a bit lower. But I think this is the sort of time still to be dollar cost averaging whenever we have dips around this sort of level. Can I can I jump in with something? Because I think something that both of you guys just said is really important, and I don't know that everyone listening may fully have, have grasped it. Is like you guys said, you know, oh, things are up today, so we, we paused buying. And I think that that's really important because it's easy as a trader in the space to like go look and say, oh, well, you know, things aren't so bad anymore, so now I should buy. And then when things are looking bad, it's like, oh, I should stay away. But like, really, you should do the opposite, right? Because the way to make money is to buy low and sell high. So the scariest moments is usually like the best moments to buy. And then when it looks like things are recovering, that's often a trap. And I think it's it's important to just call that out specifically as well, because I, I've seen disproportionately newer traders who are like, oh, well, things are recovering and I, I can't miss this recovery, so I should buy. And like, that's the wrong mindset to be in. It's more of like, all right, things are going down. I don't know how far they're going to go down. But if I have a long-term thesis, then on a day when things are dipping pretty hard, that's probably when I should scoop things. And then... You know, if I'm looking to, to sell out of something, I wait for a day where it's going up. And that's a day when I maybe sell a few things that I'm looking for liquidity. And that's on conviction, right? I think I think that that's, that's a really good thing you pointed out. I guess I've had it wrong the whole time, Spencer. I thought you were supposed to uh, buy high, sell low. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah. That, that, that explains a lot. Thank you for putting that into perspective. But no, I think you're right. Um, these, these, these bounces can be dangerous, you know? I mean, you saw, um, we saw Azuki bounce almost 2x. Uh, what, it still was like in the sevens, maybe eights. Um, and then bounced to what, 15 ETH now. Uh, and you have a bunch of other projects that are on the way up. I think, uh, I think Apecorn also went up about 40% uh, since yesterday. A lot of stuff on the way up, um, Ethereum, etc. But thanks for pointing that out because I thought it was good. Mando, I thought, think you were going to say something yeah look a lot of the alts are up a lot but they were also down a lot like gala i think is up 70 percent um acorn is up a ton every single altcoin is probably up about 30 to 50 percent um everything on a macro side is starting to look um it still looks relatively oversold like if you look at some of the oversold indicators um this this is definitely a period where uh I think the, the Dow has been down like six days in a row. Cryptos, this is the sixth week which crypto has been down in a row. Like this is this is getting into slightly oversold territory. Um, so again, very difficult to say how big this bounce could be and how long it gets sustained. My general view is that you probably still will get a, a, a bit of consolidation around this sort of level. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, the only thing that has shifted on a macro basis. Like very very little has except. The, um, there was a there was a producer price uh, inflation figure that came out yesterday in the morning, which um, seemed to indicate that inflation may have topped last month. Like um, that, consumer price inflation was a very small difference between this month um, and last month, or this month and two months ago. But producer price inflation, which is the the prices which you get for from suppliers of goods. Um, I'll actually actually pin it. It looked like it may have have peaked, um, and if that is the case, then then people can maybe start to feel as though the Fed will not be as aggressive, or at least maybe we're um, we can go into a period where inflation starts to normalize, or at least cu- even come down from these sort of levels. I'm just going to pin the tweet now. That's the only thing in macro that I've seen shift. Everything else 
kind of feels the same as it was. But um, that might be a big thing. People will definitely now be spending a lot of time looking at any sort of indicator of the rest of the month that inflation um, will have peaked back in March. Without, like, I was thinking about all this stuff yesterday. It's like, we just go back and forth, back and forth, like, what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the economy, all that kind of stuff. But, like, for me, it just it just feels like it's such an easy decision now just to be long stuff because of prices. And, like, I think when prices were where they were a few weeks back, it was like, for me, it was like, oh, it's really important to keep track of, like, what's going on because there are risks. Like, there are risks of these current prices holding up where they are. But now with this big backup, I mean, look, like, the amount of people on my Twitter feed who are like, oh, ETH is going to 1500, ETH is going to 1K, ETH is going to sub 1K. It's just like, okay, man, like, these are all the same guys who are probably going to throw into ETH when it's at 5K, do you know what I mean? And it's like, just the, the notion that lower prices bring out bears or bring out bearish sentiment is just so crazy. But like now, you don't even, it doesn't even matter. Like, ETH is 60%. It's literally 60% off the highs. A bunch of alts are like 90, 95% off the highs. And on good stuff, like I'm not talking about Luna, I'm talking about like, like good shit. And so it's just like, it doesn't really, like the way I'm thinking about it right now, the way I'm thinking about what I own and what to buy, et cetera, it's just like, to be honest with you, like I don't even really care what's going on in macro right now because this entry point is now an amazing, unbelievable entry point and macro will fix itself, you know, it's, it's a question of time. And that's one of the most important things about this game. It's like, do you have enough liquidity in, you know, in your portfolio and in your real life circumstances, they can just hold things for as long as you need to. But things will come back from these levels. It's just a question of time. And, um, you know, macro will be macro. But it's like now, right now, at this point in time, prices are very low. And when we were speaking about it two or three weeks ago, they weren't. They were a lot higher. And that's when it was worrying. It's like shit could go, good, go down a lot here. And it did. And now it's like, well, whatever. Like it's priced in. So that's just kind of like how I think about it and, and how I have my head set right now. But I think the advice we're giving is that we're, we are bullish, but maybe now today is not the day to buy it. Like we still think that yeah. there, you, we can be dollar cost averaging around this sort of level. Um, that there will be some, you'll have more opportunities to buy. I think uh, over the coming days, I think we were, we are due for a bit of a consolidation around this level. I think. I think something that's been really interesting to see also during this sort of bear is that even when ETH was crashing pretty hard. <coughs> You saw NFTs go down, but like you didn't see really NFTs get wrecked. And some of them, yeah, there's still been some solid price action. Like you're in the middle of like literally the market going absolutely terrible. The whole Luna episode, which is devastating for the space as a whole. I mean, I'm I'm reading so many message tweets from even people who are not were not like Luna holders and the DCs and the moons, everyone's just like, yo, like this is actually just one of the worst events I've ever witnessed in my life. Like you have a lot of people that were talking about that. And yet you have NFT collections that are jumping to X or that are just barely losing any value or that are still selling out and this and that. I just, I think it's been an interesting dynamic. Have you guys seen this as well? Like the dynamic of NFTs during this last six weeks that you were talking about, because it's actually been kind of interesting to follow that too. It's like, you're like correlated, but not too correlated. It's like, it's really, it's, it's actually quite interesting to see it that way. I, I think even we were discussing yesterday that, yeah, NFTs are down. Like, I think NFTs are down across the board, but it's kind of incredible still with the stock market and the rest of crypto getting absolutely decimated that a lot of these blue chips are actually doing okay. Like, Bored Apes is around 100 ETH. 
Uh, Punks is still like 50 ETH, 55 ETH. Exactly. 100 ETH, um, Mendo. Moonbirds are still like 21. Um, I think it's 23 this morning, even. Oh, 20, 23. <laughs> sorry. Like, now, that's the blue chips, right? That's, let's say the, right. the top five or six. A lot of other projects have been absolutely destroyed here. I think that that's key. But it is good to see that, um, let's say, the, the core assets, the biggest um, market cap assets in NFTs have actually held up I would say surprisingly well um, in a period of time of this much trepidation um, in broader markets, but massive trepidation in crypto, yeah. right? Like the amount of attacks from the media, uh, from from your friends oh and God. family that would, would have just been telling you to sell, like it's all over. Like they have held really quite well. It's it's really impressive. I mean, I'm looking at Flips Finance. I mean, Azuki obviously is up like 100%. <laughs> and so are the beans, which is, which is crazy. But even apes, like, hand, that's what I was trying to say. Like, they're holding at 100 ETH. Like, you know, that must be turning crypto Twitter so angry, by the way. I love that. Uh, but <laughs> but it's just like, it's it's actually really wild to see how, how some of these NFTs have just been holding up in general. And, you know, it's uh, I think it's a strong sign. I, I really do. Um, I feel like a lot of the market participants in NFTs, just like myself, like, it's just so new to it. But like the level of conviction in the space is honestly really. Imp- I've been really like reading, especially after the whole Azuki thing, like trying to read the sentiment of like NFT market participants as a whole. So not just the Azuki holders, but like all of the holders of different PFP communities, etc. Obviously, we've seen a lot of tribalism, and a lot of y'all are starting to sound like fucking religious extremists. So I really advise some of you really, really look back at how. Uh, you're tweeting and you're starting to behave on here because you're no different to me than than some some religions I'm seeing out there uh, and and that are that are the, on the extreme side of things. By the way, I respect all religions, but it's it's just like you start sounding like that. But for the for the most part, the level of conviction and the will to hold through dips or to actually build through dips and to you know, just like you know build actual stronger communities has been really has been really impressive. It just shows you how much people value community. Um, like exactly. I, I know you say religion. Because a coin I, is a coin, right? Like, yeah, there's no, exactly. there's nothing to it. Like, let's, I, I was talking to a friend about this, um, not OSF, unfortunately, but about this you, yesterday. Wait, wait, you have I know, I know, friends. I have different friends. Um, Why are you cheating on me, man? I know. Yo! It was a mutual friend of us, ours, actually. But, um, like, the big roads. <laughs> the big, big I mean, you <laughs> This is the Mori show now. Make people worse. OSF, you are not the father. Um, <laughs> we, we, I'll tell you about it later, right? Okay. GMNFTs um, is just couples therapy for Mando and OSF. I swear to God, and I'm the fucking mediator. I, I'm, I, I'm I, like I, the innocent bystander. I'm the son. I'm the kid in the middle. The parents. Have you, any of you seen that? that? I already had to live through that once in my life. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen that loyalty testing on TikTok? Like that guy goes around and gets couples to swap their phones with each other and then they all both freak out. That's just what, go me, and watch, go that's watch, what watch. me and OSF do when we meet each other. Just like swap each other's phones and just like attack each other. Oh um, my God, it's so funny. So go ahead. You're talking to another friend that is not OSF. And then... Not OSF. Uh, about the rugs of the last year, right? Pixelmon was a massive rug in our space. But like if you talk about Luna now as effectively as a rug, you had Iron Finance, you had a bunch of different DeFi rugs. Um, What's very difficult to take away from NFTs, and there are now a lot of questions about DeFi, right? A lot of people are now starting to question DeFi 2.0 was a bit of a failure. Now, what was effectively the biggest thing in DeFi, uh, aside from maybe, let's say, um, broader stable coins and uh, I think MakerDAO, 
has been massively uh, found out to be a rug. With NFTs, it's very difficult to like, even if the prices go lower, you still have that culture layer of value. And people just value that so high. Um, that concept of community, that concept of, um, it's like being a diehard sports fan. Like you're, there's incredible brand loyalty to a lot of these things. Um, and those things surprisingly keep their value even during market turmoil. Um, and I think that's a really, really positive sign for NFTs. You, you know what shocked me too, Mando, was um, the collection that I've just been so surprised has been Fidenzia's holding up as well as they have. And actually, like, if you look, their volume is, like, up recently. Because I think, um, and I think this is probably why we see, like, the, the sort of, quote-unquote, blue chip, but the higher tier NFTs holding up, is the capital that still feels like it's participating is capital that was patient and was sitting on the sidelines, right, before. And so that, I think, is people who are, like, higher net worth. Like, it's a less sort of retail investment and more, like, like, we're, like people with hundreds of millions, right? Who are, who are waiting and, and those kind of people like the way that they buy I think tends to be like they're going to go buy the higher dollar assets because they're trying to deploy more capital and they're trying to find the grails but what makes me bullish on the smaller cap projects is actually like I think that there's nothing fundamentally different long run except that the smaller cap projects tend to have been held by people who had less patient capital or maybe didn't understand macros in the same way and so as we see a recovery I'm, I'm actually expecting those to recover more because the demand for the cheaper assets um, I think will be more impacted by these market cycles than as we're seeing the demand for the more expensive ones where someone who is trying to deploy like 20, $40 million, you know, it, it's just easier to do that going and buying apes and finanzas than going to buy even like mutant apes or, or, you know, smaller projects like Adam bomb squad or some of the others that are, are kind of hit harder in this wave right now. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Like part of this is just part of the, the, the community of smaller projects is just a reflection of the, well, actually, the community of every single project is just a reflection of the broader NFT um, community, right? Like a lot of people uh, own multiple projects and it's really just the the concept that people like having an online identity and, and like like having online interactions and value value that sort of um, the communities that are built. But I do think what you just said there is, is, is true. Like it does feel like there's longer term capital now in a lot of the top projects and maybe even institutional capital, but... Um, People have been through these sort of sell-offs, maybe not a full recession, but they've been through these sort of sell-offs multiple times now as well over the, over the last year. So you end up getting a progressively stronger community each time. I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Azuki. Like it's it's kind of crazy what's happened over the last um, over the last twenty four hours. Obviously, it went down to like eight ETH. Nuts, then, bro. Then Nuts. they hand they handed over the community. The, um, the contract back to the Funks community. I'm not sure if they've done it to Zunks and, and Tendies yet, but definitely back to the Funks. Uh, I, didn't, I, I don't think I... there's a whale for... T- but to us, because the other day we hosted a really long conversation with all community. Like, it was really cool. The other night was like, we were running for like five hours and we had like Azukis and Funks and Zunks and all come and chat. But I don't think Tendies has like a underlying like community per se. Like, yeah, I don't that's true. That's true. I don't I think, think, think you do. It's just funks. I'm not sure if they, did they give them back some of the trading fees or was it like so that's the thing. So there's a very I don't know if you guys saw that's it's also that that's also getting borderline really aggressive and violent and some stuff that you don't like to see uh on the feed for sure. Uh in my opinion. That's, that's my opinion. But it's just I'm seeing a lot of like and I'm hearing also behind the scenes just a lot of threats being thrown around left and right. Um seeing a lot of 
and like by threats, we're talking like death threats type shit, you know, um, which is never cool, by the way. Um, but you know, it's uh, so basically, um, so here's the thing. So the Funks wanted the contract, and I think we're talking about one point four million dollars um, in, in hundreds of NFTs. That's something I read from Demna. Shit, I gotta find that because uh, it's uh, it was literally a screenshot that was posted. Um, I'm gonna pin it as soon as I find it. And basically, then uh, Zagabond DM'd a group of, of funk holders on on Twitter, uh, saying that a, a lot of jargon, a lot of legal jargon. I'm gonna pin it because it's easier. Uh, saying that you know they have to follow a certain uh, a certain um, a certain way in order to to go through that, and it would take two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. And the Funks posted the Discord, the the Twitter DM screenshots saying that uh, it's just legal jargon to just return the assets, et cetera. And things just like kind of blew up. But I don't know where we're at in terms of the contract being handed over. Uh, but one thing's for sure is this, I've seen a lot of intense stuff on the feed. Either uh, way, we're close. We're closer to mediation, yeah. right? Like. What I do think, I mean, I own both. Oh, okay, it's done. 40 minutes ago, sorry. Excited to announce that I have become the owner and steward of Ethers Canada, a.k.a. Philip Interproject, a.k.a. CryptoFunks V1. My first official act as has been to remove creator fees on OpenSea. Uh, so, uh, as of 40 minutes ago, uh, someone called MiddleMarch.eth um, uh, has been... Uh, oh, he was, previous, he was a sea of genius, okay. Uh, he uh, has... Uh, ha- he's got it. He's got the contract um from the from the funks okay so that's 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 a good scenario i I don't know it just seems interesting like i own both projects or we own both projects in cool cats and azuki one of them both of them been flooded hard over the last you know over the last six months one of of them was because what was perceived to be poor execution of of their utility but let's say there was still a strong community this one seems to be like a different sort of fud around not really thought, but like questions over, let's say, the morality of the team. And this one has come back incredibly strong because of their perceived execution. I just, this, it's just interesting to me, like people, people really value execution in this space. And I don't really know what this is going to mean long-term. I, I thought if you took a step back from Azuki, this kind of changes, changed their long-term growth narrative. Um, and I thought that that Zagabond had become too big relative to the project. He, 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 I don't know, like when one one person starts to define the whole project, I feel like when that wasn't the original purpose, I feel like that that's that's wrong. And particularly when it's, it defines it in potentially a bad way. Um, so I thought I thought he would he should or would have had to go. Um, but now I don't know, like do, are people just going to, to move forward um, and feel like this is enough mediation. I think there's been some back and forth about the fact that the the other product, like maybe people don't feel as bad now that, that everything's been given back to the funks and maybe that's a that's a enough enough of a um punishment let's say for what happened but uh, i i don't know it's definitely a case study these these are both There's case studies in failure i guess and how uh, how they're dealt with i mean from from what from the conversation we held uh the other day is like i was asking all the community like so what do you guys want and we had someone from the funks uh the zunks uh, saying, you know, we want the contract, et cetera. And the funks, I mean, nine, nine, you're here. You, you were on space with us for hours the other day. Um, seems like you guys wanted the contract. And I just pinned also um, Sean Boner, who said the funks are getting all the crypto funks V2 that Zaga was holding back right now. Incredible to see happening. He shared the ether scan. So it seems like this is what the communities wanted, um, right? Yeah, thanks for having me up, Farouk. I just wanted to give a quick update on what we received. 
So we did get back control of the Crypto Funk and the Crypto Phillips contracts. Uh, we did get back the 500 odd funks that Zagabon was holding. And we did get back the $1.4 million he earned from royalties. Um, so we got back everything we asked for. Damn. Super exciting. What a haul. Um, Congrats, guys. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all the help. And yeah, it's really exciting that we were able to stand up and, you know, overcome this adversity. It's really cool. Well, there you that's, have That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, any plans what you can do with the treasury? Or like, who's, is there any, uh, who's governing that going forward? Yeah, so it's currently uh, in a multi-sig with a few different people, including the developers of Not Larva Labs. Um, and we're currently deliberating as a community. Uh, no hasty decisions, but hopefully we'll have some updates for you guys over the coming weeks. Well, there you go. Um, peace is restored on NFT Twitter. Um, you know, what, what, a, what a movie this has been. I, I wish someone would, would be able to turn around short films fast because that was a, that was a whole episode right there. Uh, you know, there's, there's, it's been pretty wild. Um, I think, you know, the question I have for you, Mando, except for people on stage, I know at KBB, you've been very vocal about it. Daniel GM, what's up? I know you're here. I'm sure you have some stuff to say about it. You're a pretty active market participant in the space. Um, you know, and a lot of us are also holders. Uh, Vizukis, etc. Uh, you know, does this? So the question: Does this taint the 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 project on the long term, or do we think uh, we completely uh, move forward from there? Um, so I, I think you know, in in the long run, um, we'll kind of look back at this and see like it's like a little like blip in the project. Um, you know, in the short run, um, you know, it obviously was a big deal. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it. I think I don't know if it was yesterday or the other day, but you know, I think that the move was uh, exacerbated just by like the current market overall. You know, people were probably looking to cut down in general and then heard this bad news um, and then decided to just sell and say, screw it. Um, but I also think, you know, obviously I can't speak for every single person in the community, but, you know, from from a large majority of the people that I speak with, um, people want Zagabon to stay. So like, I, I think that, you know, at this point, most of the people that like would want to see him leave. Um, obviously not all, but most um, that want to see him leave probably aren't in the community. Um, and, you know, maybe they sold, maybe they were never even involved. And then most of the people that, like, are still in the Azuki community want him to stay. So, like, I think that if he did step down, um, it might just harm the community even more in the short run and maybe even the long run, too. Um, but if he stays, you know, it's, it's kind of what, um, at least what I'm picking up, like, a lot of the community wants him to stay. I guess it's one of those scenarios that, like, don't you want people who aren't in the community also want him to be there? Like, that's that, that was my view on it. That, like, it kind of affects the, the long term because it changes the narrative for everyone in the space. And um, look, uh, that was my view. I, I mean, if, it, if, if it's the view of, of the Azuki community that he should stay. But um, I just thought that that was something that, that might just affect, affect the brand um, and what they're trying to build long term and if you just like take a step back could, could this go to like 50 or 100 ETH now I feel like I don't know maybe that's maybe that's something that changes it which was never really there for me before uh, I want to jump in add something yo what up rug radio uh, I just want to give yo, yo. macro appreciate you guys everything that you do but uh, damn we finally got a little relief rally feels a lot better 
where we are with the crypto and the, obviously the NFT market had a big, big night, uh, not just the Zuki, but, you know, Moonbirds, uh, Apes, Mutants, uh, even the Yuga Lands, the Beans. So it was good. It was good to see some money flow back in, a little bit of fear dissipate. But I want to say that, you know, I, I've, been, I've been plugged into what the Zuki community wants over at the Garden. And uh, the, it seems like the majority of them um, really appreciate what Zags has brought to the table as a leader. And uh, I think it goes back to what you said before about execution, right? They, they really value his execution level and being the leader of a team and really supportive of what he brings to the table. So with that being said, everyone wants to see him right some wrongs and uh, make good on some items. Uh, what we just heard with the Funks was a big step. It's not the only step, but it was a big step in the right direction. So I think if we're looking at this long term, Long term, every project needs a strong leader. And uh, if, if the Azuki community want, still sees him as the leader, which it appears that they do in the overall sentiment, then I think he's the right guy for the job. And this just turns into a small blip on the way to uh, further success. Again, it's all going to come down to keep righting some more wrongs. He's got more work to do and keep executing on the Azuki level for the community. And uh, we all know Dingaling and all the whales, they strongly supported it from the beginning. And uh, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, look, I'm happy for all the Azuki holders. We're Azuki holders too. I think I think that's good. Then, like, I, I just want the I want the community to, to be happy with it. And if that's the case, then then that's that's good. I think it's it, it's it's good that projects can have this sort of um, th this sort of uh, issues, and we can recover because often we see like one issue and they get like completely destroyed down to like zero recently. So I think it's, it's good that you see healthy um, corrections, maybe not this exact scenario, but like when you see a team fuck up that we can have a situation where uh, we can point to examples where that's happened before and they kind of are able to, to make it through. Yo, what's up guys? I think the, Azuki, yo, yo. Uh, the Azuki thing is crazy because you know, he was actually doing an amazing job just, like, with Azuki strictly. Like, nobody could really question how well that was going. And even the, you know, Azuki party at NFTLA was, like, amazing and stuff. Like, clearly, he had no intention of rugging Azuki. I think that's where he found his real pocket. He's like, okay, I love this project. My thing was just, like, pretty much what everyone else was saying on the timeline of just kind of how unapologetic he was with the other projects. So I think that it's just more of a personal attitude thing that people were upset at. Um, but yeah, I think that in terms of just executing for Azuki, he's obviously uh, doing a really good job. Yeah, I think that's what uh, most of the people seem to think. Uh, and it's true. I mean, you know, it's for the, on, on, on the job he's done with Azuki. I think if anything, this should show that there's also like uh, more to the project than, than one individual. I guess we'll see what happens next. But, you know, one thing I like to read what the community writes and stuff. Um, they're strong. You know, a lot of them were just like going through it. And, you know, the person, the people I think it sucked for the most. Well, some of the people sucked that's the most was definitely the holders, right? Because they, they just didn't need that on top of Doomsday that was happening. Because it, it happened on the middle of probably one of the worst days in the history of crypto, right? Like the whole like Luna thing. So it's like, it's like, I think a lot of people were just like, you know, it, the, the timeline was already bad as it was, and then it just it was just a little even worse with that. So, uh, that being said, um, I guess we'll follow closely what happens next. Um, but the market sentiment overall, uh, in terms of pure like just numbers, uh, seems to be up. Uh, I think the beans are up two x, and Azuki's are up a lot. 
so, I mean, congratulations if anyone managed to get a good trade out of that, it's just pure trade-wise. Uh, I know Kim Blackboard hey. about it. Um, you're pretty Definitely. proud of it. <laughs> Be Roth, baby. Buy the blood on the streets, even if it's your own. <laughs> That's all they're going to say. GM GM. Um, we need to create a say after that whole thing with Azuki. Um, keep that same energy. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna say it. That's, that's what I'm saying. Keep that same energy. If you, it's, it's, I'm sure it's gonna happen again. Just keep that same energy. So here's you mean with scandal. other people? Here's a scandal I'm, for Ed's project. Ed is actually not a vegan. He's really <laughs> eating meat. No way. I'm just saying. Uh, I knew I don't it. Wanna, I don't want like. If this is what it's going to be, like, and I, yeah, like, just keep the same energy. No, but you want. know what? That makes me think about the cats now a little bit. And I'm like, damn, like, you know. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, just keep the same energy. I don't want to hear it. Just, you know. I No, but this is an important, I think, I, I, I think it's good to hear different takes, whether people are for, against, this, that, you know, doesn't matter. It's your I'm takes. for the holders. Uh, like, and, I want the holders. No, I know, I know. Be. But in general, like, I think it's, it's, it's important to even uh, hear that out. It's like, you know, there's some people that, you know, I don't think have made mistakes as big as that what we just saw happen over the last week and that just ended up really uh really like down really bad from it. And so and so I think it's important to point out Ed, thank you for uh thank you for bringing it up. Uh we'll follow closely what happens over the weekend and see what's good by Monday, but it seems like for now uh you know, we saw the outcome of it. All right, so on the topics, we also have the doodles. I mean, do we have any doodles up here? Uh, I know I have one. I'm going to actually duplicate right now uh, as we talk. So the doodles, um, you know, <coughs> are, uh, are, you know, adding, you know, to their, to their collection. I think that was, uh, that was expected and that's something people are waiting for. And so uh, they're doing it in the, met- in the way means of a duplicator. So just heads up, um, don't click on any links unless it's from the official verified doodles Twitter account or it's from their Discord, but even then, always double, triple, and quadruple check with other people just to make sure you're good. Uh, I know that, you know, I just want to be careful that because I know, you know, obviously, Doodle's a massive brand. Wow, I did not know they have 336,000 followers on Twitter. Holy shit. Um, congrats. <laughs> That's really amazing. Um, they've really built quite the brand. And so, basically, what you could do is that. You know, one doodles equal to one duplicator. I'm actually going to pin it. There you go. That way you guys have the, the official link if you're a doodle holder. Uh, and you can go duplicate. So it says May 12th, claiming starts. So I just started. June 21st, the claiming ends. June 22nd, trailer premiering at NFT NYC featuring a duplicator. And June 23rd, the traits and rarities revealed. Uh, and then summer 22 is when the duplication begins. Um, interesting timeline. Um, you know, obviously that's pretty far out in terms of what, what's going to happen with the duplicator. Um, I brought Chase up. I know you're, you're, you're an avid doodle because I get a lot of my doodles from you anyways. Uh, and so maybe you want to give us a TLDR on what's happening maybe within the community, how it was received, etc. And then OSF Mando, maybe your thoughts on the timeline here and what you think is going to happen because it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, what's up, Rogue? Thanks for bringing me up. Um, yes, we were in a space last night after it launched, uh, me and like a number of the other Doodle folks. And um, it, if you look at the volume on OpenSea, it started, the duplicator's done just under 1,000, which, 1,000 ETH, which, I mean, in this market's kind of, in my opinion, kind of a lot. Um, the floor is right around 3 ETH, so pretty strong for a, we'll, we'll call it a companion drop. We don't know what it's going to be yet, obviously. 
Um, but I think that again, just given the market conditions, that's uh, <laughs> Doodles launched in a bear, the original collection, and uh, <laughs> dude, I secondary... remember. <laughs> yeah, and now there's secondaries <laughs> dropping yeah. in a bear. So if, if Doodles is dropping a collection, then maybe just like you know, move into stables. Well, good stables for a little bit because it's probably means it's going to be a bear. But um, yeah. So I think just like the fact that the floor is holding pretty strong um has been a good sign. As far as what Poopy, Poopy came up on stage when we were doing our little space um, and gave us some bits of info, obviously, Faroki pinned the tweet there at the top. So that has the timeline. So end of uh, end of June, he said six weeks from now, things will start to be um, get begin to be a lot clearer around what the duplicator is going to be. Um, I as far as the timeline goes, it's a little bit of an elongated, quote unquote, reveal timeline. But I think just a given the market conditions, B leading up into a massive event like NFT NYC. Um, I think it actually is really fitting. Um, I think they've done, they've managed. One, one thing I'm excited about is I think that they're going to kind of have their Azuki check your wallet moment at NFT NYC mm. when they reveal what the duplicator is going to be. So although people were able to claim prior to, obviously Azuki was a complete surprise. I was speculated on, but it was a complete surprise in theory. Um, I think Doodles will have their kind of check your wallet moment at NFT NYC. Poopy had really, really exciting things and just he didn't give a lot of detail around it, but he said NFT NYC is going to be even bigger than South by. They, ha- they learned a lot at South by, but they're going bigger at NFT NYC. So for those who are at South by, I was not. Apparently it was awesome. So imagine what NFT NYC is going to be. Um, and then last bit of info on it um, is he said that for those who may not be doodle holders, which is probably a lot of folks in this audience, um, it's a good entry. He said it's a great entry into the collection, a great entry. Um, and that even if you don't have a doodle, you will still be able to use your duplicator. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Um, so if you're looking to get into doodles, this might be a, a good way to do it. You said get a noodle if you're trying to get into the doodles. Uh, no, a duplicator, but we do love the noodles. Okay, I, I, I mean, I got locked. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, duplicator. What, so, what do you? What? Th- thanks for the breakdown, Chase. Appreciate that, and I, I love that you heard sure. from Poopy. That way, you give us some stuff. That's why I figured that. Like, it's funny that when everyone's going to refer to the, the Azuki moment now, <laughs> the check your wallet moment. Mando, what's your thoughts on all this? There's not. I mean, it seems like it's it's still pretty unclear what, what this is going to be. Um, this is that's the most detail I think you're going to get um, about what this could be. I think this is obviously a way for them to now expand their their universe or their ecosystem. We've we've spoken about a number of different ways that this has been done. It's interesting that it's it's one per doodle, and there's no talk of a public mint. So um, I would be interested to see how they are planning on on doing this uh, for their community. Like the, the fact that it's duplicator makes me think, you know, that it's obviously going to be related to the original collection in some way. It's going to duplicate in some way, or maybe or duplicate any other assets in the ecosystem. They, they only we have that rocket ship, right? But I'm not really sure how that would be that would interact with this. But I think this this might preclude some interesting drop dynamics. Um, maybe, maybe this does expand to a 20k drop, and somehow maybe the original holders get part of the revenue or something. I, I, I just don't know, but th- this concept of the duplicator makes me sound as though this is going to be a way for holders to create value um, with yeah. with their actions. 
I just did the duplication just now on the website. I pinned the link. Um, and it's, the process was very smooth, fast. Uh, obviously, it's clean. You know, their branding is very cute. Um, and, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm really excited, curious to see what it's going to become. Uh, I think it, it, is, it is quite a long wait, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And you're saying, Chase, on, on a trading standpoint, though, you said it was sitting in three's floor, right? Let me just double check right now. Duplicate. Just trying to sell them straight yeah. away. Just decorate them. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's three ETHs. So when you think about it, like that's already value that's been added to, to their holders. Maybe some people needed the ETH, like after mm-hmm. everything has been going on, etc. Right. So, um, you know, I think uh, I think it's not bad. There's only 100 listed out of 5,000 claims so far. I'm really curious yeah. to see what it's going to be. Um, I mean, duplicator, duplicate. And you know these guys are really good with tech, so you can only expect uh, you can only expect some really good stuff with them. When they did the spaceship stuff, I know some people were giving them some slack and stuff, but I thought that was brilliant because it's just to prove what they're actually capable of doing uh, on a tech standpoint. And obviously, you know that you know Poopy is pretty quite OG when it comes to building tech in the in the crypto space. So I I, I wouldn't put it past them that he uh, he does something great for this. The dudes only got slack after that spaceship thing. Like after they saw other teams, like people saw other teams, like you know, dropping, you know, other NFTs that you know, like airdrops and stuff. It was when they did that drop of the spaceships. It was it was pretty positive until like you know, the space saw things happening with other teams, as we like to see how the space is usually. That's how they can get. But um, yeah, I also kind of want to know what this is and what's gonna happen. I was seeing them like, what's what is this? Um, but yeah. You know, maybe I want to be a part of the ecosystem, you know. Um, so maybe this is my way of getting in. Um, Hell yeah, Ed. Let's go. Yeah. Get yourself a duplicator. I said maybe. I said- <laughs> <laughs> um, that, Ed, that's interesting. That's a good point. Uh, I think on, on the, I actually have some thoughts on the, I guess, the space stuff. Um, you know, most teams, Bored Apes, obviously Azuki, Cool Cats, um, like, a lot of the teams bet on the kind of dilutive route. They they expanded their collection, making the bet that although expanding the collection, it would not dilute the value of the original collection. And for the most part, I would say almost in every case, that's proved true for, for blue chip mid to large cap NFTs. Um, Doodles, in my opinion, bet on the opposite. They bet that expanding the collection would dilute the original collection. And I think it's fair to say they were just wrong um that they went a certain route and it you know turns out expanding the collection doesn't dilute it and i think it's okay to be wrong um and space obviously they did some cool stuff with space doodles like i don't what i don't think people realize is um space doodles like reminds me a lot of loot where it's like okay they built it here's these things they have traits they have um various like values within the each space doodle that if anybody wants to build on top of that, just like loot, like they could, and it's there, um, similar to kind of like cyber brokers, right? It's a similar concept. And so, um, but yeah, they, they bet on the fact that space doodles, you know, expanding the collection would dilute, um, the original and, and it just simply didn't. Right. And it actually makes, in most cases, the original collection more valuable. And so, um, duplicators to me feels like they're now attempt to say, okay, well, we, we tried the other way. Now let's try this new way. Like you were saying, Ed, expand the collection, get more people in, which we know is really valuable. Um, and then I think to try to give some hints at potentially what it could be, 
and I'm, I'm speculating personally here, but if you go look at Alfie Motion's uh, Twitter, he's got some like interesting PFP that's very much in the doodle um, style. And then also Evan has one that's kind of doodle-ish. So this is just some stuff that people were speculating on last night as to like, okay, well, is the duplicator potentially going to output one of those little things like you see on Alfie and Evan's Twitter? Um, so if anybody's wanting to, to try to have an idea of, of where they could go with it, that's that's kind of what we were talking about last night. Chase, I wanted to add one point on what you just said there too. Like, I, I, I don't agree that they were wrong. Like I think they're right long-term, like without a doubt. Um, because I really believe as this ecosystem truly does mature, it will be about actually providing like more entertainment and use cases rather than just an asset that has value that can be sold. But right now we've seen that the market wants those assets so they can be able to, you know, get value rather than having to sell their original asset. And it just goes to show like this space needs a lot, a lot of maturity to get it to really be a true like entertainment uh, utility driven, not utility speculative driven class. Um, so yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. Like they, what they're doing is what I truthfully believe most projects in the future will be. Um, but right now it is like, Hey, you have to give that value, uh, that marketing multi, I don't want to go to that yeah. term. Yeah. Can Are you hanging out? It is amazing to listen to Simon every single morning, isn't it? Like he just, just sounds <laughs> so beautiful where he is on a daily basis. I, I feel attacked. I hear nice birds so, chirping I, I, in the background. They do. They do sound <laughs> beautiful. So I want to jump in on something that Simon said because I think it's important too to like realize where the Doodles team comes from. Like Burnt Toast's last project was CryptoKitties, right? And CryptoKitties like had a huge issue. I don't know if you've ever, if anyone's like looked at that collection because that's like an OG like last Crypto Wave NFT project. And the reason we like don't really talk about it much in the space anymore is because they did the, they did breeding and those kitties bred like rabbits and there's literally 2 million of them now and they're like totally worthless because they just way overdid supply. And even like um, you saw even Yuga, who you know many people feel like for so long was infallible, like kind of did that too. Like 100k deeds seems like it was a lot of deeds, right? And that dilution, quote unquote, or, or you know, whatever it is, but the, the idea that value is derived based on future airdrops that just keep expanding the ecosystem. I mean, we saw Pixel Vault kind of run, you know, they're not doing so hot with that strategy. And, and even Yuga, like, is struggling a little bit because of what has happened due to their, like, expansion of their ecosystem too fast. So I actually agree with Simon. I don't think that this is, like, that the votes out and, like, expanding ecosystems is, is unilaterally good. I think we've seen some cases where it worked pretty decently. But I'm actually pretty bullish. I like that they're not hyper-expanding their ecosystem. I like that they're breaking the mold of, like, the second drop isn't bigger than the initial drop. It's the same size. And, you know, when you look several years out, it's not obvious to me that the, that the collections who are continually diluting are going to be better than the ones that are not. I, I, I actually, like, seeing the way they've done this has made me more bullish on doodles. I actually agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. I think this is an excellent point. And uh, I totally agree uh, for the that's why I was mentioning the tech is because Doodles and all the these brands that came up very fast in the space, at, which was 2021 brands, like you saw them, you saw the Cats, you saw Woe, you saw, I mean, Board Ape stands aside, so I'm not going to introduce, include it into that part of the conversation, but it's like a, a lot of them, 
they, there was like this expectation, ever growing expectation, which was actually the reason I'm not counting Bordy because it was kind of set by Bordy, right? Because he did so good and then airdrop and that did so good. Another airdrop that is so good, right? But it's like hard to replicate, right? It's like like the the, the, the mutants from that were a hundred thousand dollars just like a week, two weeks ago, like that's incredibly hard to replicate that, right? And even the dog is almost like 14 ether, right? So so but so all these expectations like that the cats have to do it, that the that the doodles have to do it, that the gotta cats do it, everybody that, that have to replicate, they have to do the same thing. They have to do an airdrop that's gonna be successful. And so the doodle said, Well, no, we're not gonna do an airdrop that's gonna be successful. We're gonna show you all what we can do with the tech. Because that's something I repeat, I think, almost every morning on this show, is that a lot of people forget about the underlying technology that we're all here for. And so when they did that, I was like, wow, like, you know what? This guy did a fucking sick job, poopy with that, and obviously the whole team. But it's just like, you know what? They showed something. And I had the conversation with Richard, right? Uh, who I believe helped them out with this, or worked on it, or maybe not. But I, I'm pretty sure, right? But it's just like, it's just like, it was really cool when he was talking about it being from a technology standpoint, and to hear him speak about it and explain um, how 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 the 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 Doodle spaceship all all worked out and stuff. So now they pretty much were like, listen, y'all. We're not going to give you an airdrop right now because you know what? That's not what we feel like doing. But we're going to show you we're capable of doing something else. And now they come and they duplicate her. Now, it's going to be a month long to wait for this and that. So there's obviously going to be probably a ton of speculation on it. Obviously, we see in doodles that are under 14. I think their highs were like in the 25s, which, by the way, y'all, I, I don't understand the, that big of a drawback. I only have one. I just don't understand, though, like this drawback, this kind of aggressive, it feels to me. Um, you know, because with the value of the duplicator now at like three floor, it's like you're looking at like 15, 16 years to doodle. So it's just, I don't know. But I think, I think this is all pretty good on them though, you know? Yeah, Baroque, on that, I actually pinned, so you're talking about, um, we're talking about like their, what they're doing in the technology space from an, from an actual development perspective. So Poopy said this on our space last night. Um, he said they think about doodles in kind of two, pathways so one is this kind of like experimental research and development like what how far can we push blockchain technology and then the other one which is entertainment so like how can they play in the entertainment space which obviously that billboard hire makes a lot of sense for that second category and and poopy's expertise is in the first so um just so as people are thinking about doodles moving forward that was one thing that really jumped off the page to me when he was chatting last night was just how they kind of look at the project and the, the two spaces that they're playing in. Um, and then also like to touch on the other point that Spencer, I think you were making and Froki obviously expanded on was, you know, it's not surprising that doodles bet on the, you know, they went the non-dilutive route because of crypto, because of crypto kitties, right? Like, of course, if you go through crypto kitties and, and you see your collection go from whatever it was to 2 million, I would expect that team to bet on going the non-dilutive route, at least off the jump. Um, and so the fact that they've done that and they've kind of said, hey, you know, here's what we can do. They've really proven what they can do from a from a technology perspective. And then now they're they're beginning to prove what they can do from an entertainment perspective, obviously with the South by um with the South by activation and then upcoming NFT NYC. I tweeted this last night. Like I think NFT NYC due to um event or whatever it is is going to be so sick i think people are going to be there often um and so i'll personally be there so if anybody's in nfc nyc let's meet up and uh yeah it's going to be awesome so i'm excited Hell yeah 
Yeah, I mean, that's something we talked about a lot on this show, actually, following South by Southwest. And obviously, everybody knows that that was the highlight of the of, of South by Southwest, whether NFT or not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Chase, you got to say, we have, we need a doodle to meet you, though. We can't be going to see you, then not getting access into these events. So y'all don't meet Chase because I know doodle. Yo, yo, Ed, actually, 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 you didn't need a doodle to go to the event. What? Yeah, so yeah. don't talk shit, Ed. Don't Wait. talk shit. I'm not talking. Uh, hey, wait, I don't think that's I, a problem. I, I, wait, I don't yo, think. I mean, I don't I think it's a problem after though. After the activation, because when yeah. I saw how fucking crazy these people went, I was like, "Damn!" With the <laughs> Shopify integration and everything, I was like, "Holy shit, that's big!" Like these, what's cool about what these people are doing is it seems like, of course, they're focused on their core community, but they understood that. I feel like from let's say they had grown another ten or twenty k early on, right? You have another fifteen, twenty thousand people to answer to, right? So you, you, it takes longer to build that core, really deep community, right? Um. But instead, they said, you know what? We're going to build our core community, like people like Chase. I, hearing Chase, I mean, if you're writing threads, hosting rooms about him, et cetera, that means you're a, someone who's very dedicated to the space community, and there's a reason for that. And so, and so, and so they, instead of focusing on that, they said, yo, we're going to double down on the outside and try to build a brand on the exterior, outside of the Twitter bubble, right? Outside of the Discord bubble, perhaps, while we're maintaining this, this, this culture we're building inside. And I think that's interesting to approach it. You know, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like we're in such a small bubble in here still like it's always there's similar people similar things and you see the sentiments etc etc it's actually not growing that fast right now especially when it's a bear and it's not as hot as, as it as it is because of the numbers etc so there's less you know it, it slows down growth a little bit although better prices so maybe we we have new market entrants and participants that are coming into the space however um, you know, I, I think that it's important for brands that, that are going outside and getting people, you know, where the grass is, you know, KBB. <laughs> Yo, I want to echo that point because I think you are spot the fuck on with that assessment. And uh, there is no better time for brands and projects to do community outreach, um, gathering uh, people on the ground, you know, the grass than with this dip. Like, I love seeing people get an opportunity to buy at better prices. You know, that's just an opportunity for new people to uh, experience the growth and the joys of that. So I think we definitely are growing, but we need more community outreach and uh, step outside the bubble. So I think projects that really hit the streets and do more things to get uh, more mainstream publicity, Rug Radio putting out uh, content and being the decentralized media of NFT, I think that that really hits a new market. So I, I think that those are the right steps to really grow the rest of the year. 100%. You heard it here first. Don't get pinned tweet. You go to open, see Rug Radio, get yourself a rug. I see they're on discount. And uh, and we're going to be out there. We're in here, you know, building and, and building in the open. I was in New York yesterday and I saw the venue in which we're hosting the event uh, for three days on 20th, 21st, 22nd. Uh, first day open to everyone. Ed. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, listen, I need to but, go. I'm on the council. And, okay, and thank I, you. Hell yeah. Just quickly, I know someone wanted to, 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 to talk here, but just briefly, if I may wish a quick happy birthday to the man, to the man, hey. to the Ryan, hey. thank you, X. Hey. Happy birthday. Yo, here. let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. That's about to start singing birthday. Thank you. Songs. Let's go, no, Ed. Music no singing. Sing we don't us. need singing. Thank you, yeah, guys. singing. Oh, okay. Love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Love you, Ryan. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dude. X. 
<laughs> what what a legend! I mean, oh god, you could have a whole tight. We could have a whole fucking show about Ryan. What he's real talk. Face. I mean, dude, like I, I've hosted Ryan more than once on on Clubhouse and even here, and it's like, sheesh, like the stuff you've done just for the space. I got to say, thank you, because the night I found out about NFTs, you were the first person to come up on stage on February eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and explain everything about NFT to me and why art had value on the blockchain. So. You know, you, 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 you deserve a lot of flowers, bro. Shout out to Ryan. Happy birthday, King. Damn, thanks, man. Always oh, supporting artists. You're going to make <laughs> me cry, man. <laughs> Dude, good old times, man. You were the only guy up there just like saying, yo, you know, artists, get paid. You know, like you were you were there before it was a thing to say that. So it's, uh, I think I think it's cool to point I, it I, out. I got a Thank question you. for Rogue. Um, Go ahead. When did Twitter spaces become Clubhouse? There's hella speakers up here. <laughs> but actually, so you know what? Sadly, I need more room. Uh, there's still just like three hosts and uh, and like 10 speakers. First, so. uh, well, we can kick Ed off if you want. Wow. The, the, he's always the, he's the go-to. Yeah, <laughs> I legit was he, gonna, he's, he's the go-to. I was going to give all my blessings and praise to thank you. And he says, <laughs> kick Ed off. Yep. Ed, you know what? <laughs> Here's the thing, dude. You give so many people shit. I just had to give it back to you today. And you, and you, and you can't you can't spell kicked without Ed, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> Damn. All right, you can kick Simon off for that joke. Wow, well, I had to think Thank about you. that. Thank you, Thank you, man. That was trash. That was a trash ass joke. Don't you ever listen? Get on this. It was I'm a, a dad, dad joke. That was I'm good. A dad, and, and I don't even accept that joke. Well, yeah, well, same for Fed. Fed, Ed, kicked. Anyways. Oh. Uh, so Damn, you know, Fed is real. Yeah, Ouch. that's real. Ouch. Yeah, indeed. So anyways, uh, y'all, so we, we're going to go to to the topic of the day, I guess. I mean, you know, we got Daniel got hits on stage. Our special guest is GM. And uh, and we want to talk about, you know, the 10K Club official. Now, we've spoken about it a couple of times on the show with Osef and Mando in the last couple of weeks uh, where, you know, we saw the ENS craze for three digits go overnight. Like, it sold out. I mean, Daniel, maybe you can tell us because you were really in the middle of it. And then the four digits started going. Now, people I hear are buying 69-digit uh, ENS domains and flipping them for 6.9 ETH, uh, Daniel included. <laughs> Just kidding. But still, <laughs> like, we're seeing, we're seeing, like, it's it's gotten pretty crazy. And, and obviously, the joke for us that they kept tagging us to come on the show. And now we got today the king himself. The king of ENS, Daniel got, got Daniel got hits. Dotty. <laughs> Yo, what's what's good, guys? What's good? I'm definitely not the king of uh, ENS. I do appreciate the kind listen. Of you might you oh, might. Oh, we gotta get the king. So, Where's the king? Who's the king? You know, I'll tell you what, guys. That's the just accept the crown, bro. That was a well, big time intro. That's well, thank you, Black Warrior. You're you're you got the actual crown on your ape, obviously. Um, that's the cool thing about ENS that there is no. <laughs> we, we see all these things happening this week, right? With Luna, we see what's happening with Zagabond. The, and you know, I think that's part of the reason people started getting sort of drawn to ENS is like, unless the Ethereum blockchain itself fucking rugs all of us, there's really, you know, no central figure um, that people are sort of, is no cult leader, there's no nothing. So like, even me, I'm not even running 10k um, at all. So I sort of was there at the start of it. And uh, it was a community thing, we all just kind of, you know, got everything started. But yeah, Farouk, like you said, it was basically um, the three digit ENSs were there was maybe like two to three hundred left and they were kind of just going very slowly. People weren't really registering them because they're zero point two ETH per year um, to register. So people were kind of like, OK, you know, 
that's cool, but whatever. And then just one day overnight, like uh, some whale just kind of started buying all the triple digits and they just bought like a hundred in a day. And then everyone, everyone's like, oh shit, the three digits sold out. And then people were like, oh, let's just do four digits. Like, oh, we should do like, it should be a 10K project. And even at that point, I was like, y'all are tripping. This is like 10,000 ENS digits. Like that's, that's fucking crazy. So I didn't even you know, think that it was going to sell out. And I wasn't even really too involved in the four digit stuff. And then pretty soon the next day, it was like 90% sold out. I was like, fuck, I better get like one or two four digits where I'm going to be left behind. So it actually sold out. And then they even sold out five digits. So every fucking number from zero to nine ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine is now sold out. So uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking pretty wild. So in terms of like what you think about the medium term, I've, I've been seeing like now the, the community quote unquote, seems to be organized. There's a lot of plans for like subdomains and maybe using these for like your email or saying at websites. Like, do you like what do you think about the future of like ENS in general? Like uh, and like whether this can be a community? Yeah, for sure, Mando. So I think it's um. I think ENS is interesting because it doesn't really compete with PFPs. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people um, kind of, I got to know most people through the board Ape community. You know, I held a, my Ape until about 85 ETH and then sold. But um, I think it's interesting because people are starting to sort of look at these ENSs basically like an identity asset, but also it is sort of going to be seen as a flex, I think. And Farouk knows this uh, super well, you know, obviously with his social media background. And um, that's kind of my background too. Like I'm a soccer influencer on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm like really aware of like what people do on. Y'all need to go check out his videos though, for real. Like he's not, he's nothing joker. I used to see all his, I used to see his ass always reposted on 433 and on the biggest <laughs> football pages on, on Instagram. Cause I ran in that space too. So obviously we used to like know all the page owners, this and that. And like, he used to be the guy you just repost his shit. You go viral. <laughs> this guy can juggle. <laughs> Thanks, Farouk. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, bro. No, for real. So like, you know, that social media world, it's so much vanity. Like even before NFTs, people would pay like fucking 10 K 20 K just for like a short username. Like, let's say if your name is like Josh, you know, if you try to buy like just Josh on Instagram, it would be like crazy money. And uh, there's not even really any utility. And then if you add an ENS into the picture where, like Mando said, you will be able to build, you can already build decentralized websites uh, on your .eth. Uh, Vitalik is rocking it, you know, on his profile. Um, I think it's interesting because it doesn't compete with PFPs. So every other NFT is sort of like competing for that real estate of your profile picture. And, you know, there's only one profile picture you can show at a time and you could change it. And, you know, we know Farouk by his name, right? So if you're looking for Farouk, you don't search via a profile picture. You just type in Farouk, right? So uh, by that, um, you know, sort of thinking, I think ENS is interesting because you can sort of have two, you know, things on your profile that are sort of signaling something. You can have your profile picture and then you can also have ENS. So if you, if you see someone with like, you know, 008.eth, I think one of the board apes, I forget his, um, his handle right now, but it just shows that I remember the, the ENS more than his handle, but he bought 008.eth, um, which I think is just going to be seen as a flex in the same way. Like, you know, if you go to Dubai, people are judged by, you know, if they have a one digit license plate, that's like the, you know, royal family. If they have a two digit license plate, they're like a billionaire. And then if they have a three, they're like a millionaire. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. Fun fact, Daniel, fun yeah. fact. You guys all familiar with 3F music, the the whale, the collector? 
Uh, no. WF Music is one of the people who has the all-time highest uh, volume of art bought on Foundation, I think, with, uh, with I think, 2,000-something Ether. But anyways, he's, he's an art whale um, and, um, and, and uh, pretty known in the space. Point being, I did some research about him. He's like, a, he's this, this Persian guy, and, and he's fully dogs. But uh, he actually paid $6 million, I think, for a license plate in Dubai for his Bugatti. That is like a one-digit license plate. Uh, something like that. It's in the millions, the multiples of millions. And so that's what I thought it was funny. But Daniel, I saw that happening. I think you're right. I mean, in my in my game before on Instagram, there was a whole like underground market for people buying fucking usernames. Like I remember one night, like I think it was like seven years, eight years ago. I don't even remember. It's like on the days where I used to like go to school all day and be on my phone all night trying to go Instagram pages to like three in the morning and shit. And like I, I bought like some usernames for like 40 bucks 50 bucks like ideals expense like just words like random words you know and uh and so i i there there's always been this 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 whale for it right there's always been this like lower around you know um usernames and even in terms of vanity you're right daniel i also like the whole 10k thing made sense for me right away just and i don't have any but just for the reason that we're all using like all these projects have been 10k we're all building identity around a certain PFP. Some people are, I me, mean, it's just my name, but some people are actually building identity around their actual number, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and some people try to have the same number, four, three, four digit, you know, um, you know, ID number for their multiple NFT. So it makes a lot of sense. Mando, Seth, I don't know if you have some thoughts here or questions for Daniel. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think oh. we kind of, we kind of um, said it all really. Like, I feel as though it surprised me in some ways, how how much volume continues to go through this? I don't think this is something that necessarily will get faded because there does seem to be genuine utility from it. I, I'm a little bit wary of the fact that this can now extend into you can be sold like very random groups of collections. I I quite like this like one to ten k, and they can build something off that. Um, we already kind of said in our previous space like be wary if you're buying into like other. Um, other collections basically um which don't seem as maybe well organized but i think ens is going to be a big thing for a long long time yeah i i totally agree with mando by the way and um like i only own like three fucking numbers like i got really blindsided by it myself and i was super into ens i was you know like thinking about okay random words or like you know short words cool um phrases like different things but the numbers kind of blindsided everyone but i do think uh what mando said is important because People are all of a sudden just shilling like the randomest shit. They're like, yo, uh, the 24 fucking hour club or like, the <laughs> club, or like yo, I've we're going to so miss out like every, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. There is one subsection that's doing kind of well and I don't own any of them, but I just found this super interesting. People just minted out like all 890 Pokemon uh, names and like, no, dude, wait, I yeah, saw people on the table too. The, um, dude, it it's called? so weird. In English, but, uh. I will, I will say one last thing um, that I just forgot. I had it written down here because I thought it was cool, a, a cool thing to say. Um, and I, we don't know if it's really going to happen, but I do think it's interesting with that initial 10K, just because every collection seems to be, you know, 10K. We're very used to that in, in the NFT space. Um, I saw someone that was a dev and they were basically saying, yo, like, this is really cool in, in terms of in the future. It could be a very uh, interesting subsection of people to sort of, like, whitelist for things. Or, you know, um, yeah, basically because it's sort of an unbiased um, collection. It's just literally 
numbers on Ethereum. So you don't have to get permission from a team of founders to like uh, collab with it or whitelist. There really is nobody you have to, you know, get permission from. So maybe as the space evolves and collections are like 100K drop, maybe the 10K club could be like an interesting way for, um, you know, new projects to sort of get some easy marketing and virality in the community. So I think that's pretty cool too. Andrew, yeah. let's start the uh, Webster's Dictionary Club. We'll start with A's. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, one, one thing that's like an interesting potential threat to ENS is Twitter bots. Because anytime someone with like a single name .eth follows me, I immediately think it's a bot. And so I have to go to their account, see if it's fake, and then block it. And so I'm curious to see if like in the future, people will even want to rock their single name .eth because... I hope. Here's, well, here's it's kind of like board apes, you know. If I see a board ape that's verified now, I'm like, bro, this is probably a scam. And then it's like, you got to make sure, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of the same. Everyone gets targeted, you know, based off whatever's the most popular thing on right. Twitter in the culture. They're going to try to like, you know, basically mimic it. So if everyone's, you know, if dot eats are cool, they're going to rock a dot eat. If board apes are cool, they're going to put a board ape. But I definitely feel you. It's uh, yeah, the, the spam bots is problem. I also think I that think... we don't need to we, like people will probably stop putting the the dot ETH in their name, but still maybe put it in their bio instead. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I said this the other day. I was like, I think Elon, if he ever decentralizes Twitter, he, the way he should do it is by rewarding people who have uh, reported and blocked the most bots. So uh, I'm pushing hard for that. So everybody keep keep uh, reporting and blocking bots and maybe we'll get some Twitter token one day. Yeah, it's uh, actually, I mean, DNS, I mean, is you know, obviously... Remember back then we used to talk about it a lot and push everybody to make sure they get their ENS and et cetera. I mean, I have a ton uh, for like rock radio stuff or myself, this and that. Even got mind goblins. Not ETH. Uh, beat that, you know. Um, hey, uh, hey, Farouk. <laughs> wait, I don't, I don't know about this project. What is mind goblins? <laughs> Shut up, right? I'm not gonna get you on your birthday on stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to tee you up, dude. I was trying to, I was trying to alley you. I know, I love you, but like, there's something um, really wrong about this and being your birthday today. Um, and so, <laughs> pistachios, Ryan. Pistachios. Got you. Got you. Okay, cool. Oh my god. Um, oh, I see. I know what you guys are about. Uh -huh, I got it. Yes, yes, by Goblin these nuts, you get it. Uh, and so, um, so what was I going to say? The ENS, I mean, I, I pinned a tweet that the farmer shared this morning, uh, actually. I thought it was really interesting uh, about the whole ENS stuff. Um, he said this will be absolutely massive. And so, basically, um, wait, which tweet is it? There goes the fourth tweet that says... The subdomains? Yeah, what's coming, that's confirmed. ENS devs are working on a name wrapper contract expected to be released in the next few months. This will allow subdomains to be wrapped into ERC-1155 NFTs. Simplified, you can create subdomains and sell them as if you would sell any other NFT. Maybe, Daniel, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm not a very like technical, um, you know, tech, tech wizard or anything with the ENS shit. Um, I just kind of go off what the ENS team is able to break down. Um, but the, the basically the name wrapper is going to allow each subdomain to be its own standalone nft like the same way if you know have like fruit.eat it's just an nft in your wallet um you'll be able to basically mint subdomains that will be their own nfts so i think where this gets really interesting is like let's say so i'm into soccer right so let's say like real madrid buys real madrid.eat they can all of a sudden be like hey if you're a real fan or if you're a season ticket holder or whatever 
go on the website and you can claim your subdomain and then it would literally be like your own nft like daniel.realmadrid.eth and that would be in my wallet and then you know real madrid could do airdrops of certain things they could whitelist you for certain ticket access they could do all all different kind of things so i think that uh within like big communities it'll be really interesting to see how the subdomains get used yeah it's definitely that's exciting. so sick Yo, yeah. uh, side note, I own the Grammys.eth and the Oscars.eth. Hey! So, <laughs> if, those, if those Web2 uh, conglomerates would like to contact me, you know, <laughs> hit, hit me up. So, uh, Daniel, I have a question for that too on you because I, I, I really do believe in a lot of cross-chain down the line, like without a doubt. Will you theoretically be able to wrap in Soul to ENS or Tezos, like other chains? Has that been talked about? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly Sol and Tezos specifically. I really like Tezos as well, by the way. Um, but right now, even it's crazy. You can turn your fucking dot com into an ENS. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like you can literally um, if you own your, you know, domains in like Web2 domains, like let's say I own DanielGotHits.com, I could just turn that into an ENS and then be like, if someone wants to send me an NFT or send me ETH or send me whatever, I, they could just send it to com and you'll actually get it in your wallet whatever wallet you set as the uh resolver and you can even set bitcoin wallets as well so like you could literally set okay here's my bitcoin wallet i'm going to link this to uh, my username and then you could literally send bitcoin to danielgodhits.eth a lot of people don't know that either so i'm not sure uh, about Saul and Tezo specifically but they are they are working on a lot of cross-chain um kind of stuff there's definitely probably and arguably one of the, some of the most smartest people and advanced teams uh, working on the ENS side. If you're hearing us for the first time, because you know, Daniel, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now, you know? We're, Let's we're go big time. Apple. Big we're time. We're global. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, but uh, we're just waiting for the DJ Khaled vocals to come in. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, the vocals best. come in yet? <laughs> Have the vocals come in yet? And uh, but <laughs> the Farouk vocals come in yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh my, what a character! Um, but and another one, my another rug, another rug. Oh my god, no, <laughs> another rug. Uh, but you know, seriously, like if you're listening for the first time, like ens dot domains, you know how to spell that d o m a n s, ens dot domains. You go on that, you launch the app. And uh, just go look at it. I mean, you know, if, you, if it's your first time, it's really cheap to register an ENS. Like, just do it. Just whatever it is. Just even now, if you don't have an ENS domain and you're listening live, uh, there's like 800 people down there. Like, just stop what you're doing. And if you can afford it, go get yourself your ENS. You know? Yeah, it's like a username. It's like, yeah. fuck it. You know, let me just get a, get a username. And then whatever happens in the future of Web3, at least you got that username. And you can go across all the different metaverses, go across different platforms, connect your wallet. You don't want to be left without a, a, a clean username, you know, when more people enter the space. So I totally agree with Farouk. Just, yeah, go grab also, one. Um, also, like, I know what I do with ENS is, like, if I see a product, I'm like, hmm. Like, I don't know that I, like, have liquidity or want to ape into this product right now, but... I want to make a funny bet about it. There's a there's a fun. T- I have a fun time registering like random EMS ENS domains around the project. For example, like I own uh, OthersideRug.eth. So if OtherSide <laughs> ever rugs, I'm gonna be rich. And then if it doesn't rug, we can just do something with Rug Radio in it. So it's a there win win. <laughs> I also own OthersideHotel.eth, OthersideAgent.eth, OthersideBroker.eth. So you know, Jesus. I'm I'm stacked up. Yo, damn, man, let me get a dollar, bro. Let me get a dollar. Seriously. <laughs> 
This is actually pretty smart. Um, I, uh, oh my god, that's actually really smart. I gotta find out all the ones I have. I have a couple, and, I, and I'm really happy. About I have it. a funny story about how I got my my Dottieth. Um, Go so for it. I got a DM one day. Uh, I want to say it was February or January 2021 from a stranger named Richard, and I get a DM and it says, "Hey, I have your ENS name." send me your wallet address and I'll, and I'll transfer it. And my first thought is, okay, some fucking random stranger is trying to scam me and hack me. And so I uh, hit up my friends who are smart and I was like, what is this guy talking about? And then they're like, Oh yeah, I think that guy's legit. And um, (laughs) I responded to him. So Victor Mascara is like, yeah, yeah, he's legit. And so I respond to him. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, basically what happened is he saw that someone else was going and buying all the artists' names. And so he went and bought them instead because the other guy was trying to sell them. And so Richard, um, famous Richard now, went and bought like like hundreds of artists' names and then just reached out to the artists and gave them all to them for free. And that was like, and then he helped, he helped transfer it for me and set it up for me. So like... That's epic. Yeah. That's sick. That's Super how you epic. Is that how y'all became friends? Yeah, that's how I met Richard. And then he goes, wow. then because this is pre manifold or anything, and he goes, yeah. If you ever need any like you know tech questions or work, like hit me up. And then you know I would be like, hey, I have a question. Like I need to know, like how do I find out how many collectors I have on Nifty and how many who owns what of my NFTs and da 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 da. Like in one place, and he's just like. Oh, hold on one second. Five minutes later, he sends me an Excel sheet with like every piece of data of my NFTs. And I'm like, holy shit. And then, and then, yeah, then he just started helping me out. It, it's honestly a really good way to network. Um, if you're someone that understands Web3 and you like, you know, maybe you have a certain like entrepreneur or someone or some sort of business person that you admire, you know, maybe if you see their ENS is available, maybe just grab it and, uh, you know, shoot them an email and just say, hey, I have this, uh, your name on ENS is like an Ethereum username, uh, more than happy to send it and just do like what Richard did to, uh, to thank you. It's like, just send it over. And then boom, like that's someone that will probably trust you with, you know, web three advice, or at least maybe drop you a follow. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity to like, you know, network with people. Also too, I, like I think if there's someone that you don't like that you see talking shit on NFTs buy their ENS because eventually they'll be selling NFTs. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I think I think it's also that's a really good story of like like Richard totally could have gone and front run that other guy and then just like also tried to sell them and like he probably would have gotten like you know an ETH at least or so, like some amount of ETH down the line to if he registered like all the artists and sold it to them. But like what he's gonna realize in value from the relationships he built by doing that and being a good actor in the space is like long run so much more valuable than any ETH he would have gotten. Yeah, and well, for if me, you think of. Yeah. If you think about how he started, he started by, um, you know, like the first time I ever saw any kind of crazy drop mechanic was with the Mad Dog Jones um, crash and burn that he did on Nifty Gateway. And I was like so confused. I was like, how did they even come up or how did he how did he even come up with that? Da, da, da. And then I was like getting coffee one day with Eric from Manifold pre them being called Manifold. And he was like, yeah, you know, like we helped mad dog like with the smart con and do all the stuff and the mechanics and, da, 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 da. Name, and oh oh shit <laughs> oh, dude, I, dude it wasn't me it was oh, no, no but i was just saying how like um pre-manifold like they, that was the first like drop mechanic that i'd ever seen was on your drop um and then like what happened is like every like all the artists that they were kind of like connected with like 
Falkrender, Victor Mascara, me, and like everybody, like we were reaching out being like, hey, like, you know, what what should we do? Like, how can we do this? What if I want to do this? How can we do this? And we just, you know, we all come from making art first and like we have ideas, but we don't necessarily know how to execute them in, in like the tech way. Mad Dog probably does because he's a genius, but, um, but like, but, uh, you know, so then they would help us. And then like, it kind of became this thing where it's like, oh, like this, this smart contract was by Manifold. And then it was like all these, this, these, like this core group of artists. And then they were like, oh, we should make this a real company, you know? And then boom. Wow. That is sick to hear, honestly. Um, Yeah. Let's talk to Mad Dog. Mad Dog, what up? (laughs) Yo, it's good, guys. Please, Mad Dog, real quick. I know we're we're approaching the end of the show, but MDJ, what's up? I know you have an auction ending today on Friday. Congrats again on what you did with 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 lewis hamilton that is like so i've emerged from the darkness of a deep long work winter grinding my ass off to get this project done um but yeah yeah got a got a drop today um link in my bio ends at 6 p.m eastern and we're pairing um two one-on-one artworks of mine with the actual race used rear wings from the Mercedes F1 team. So like there's a piece called Forever Dream and it's like a picture, an illustration of the Lewis Hamilton car. And if you win that auction, you win the actual race used rear wing. And then the George Russell one, the same thing, you get that rear wing. So like, I don't know, it's pretty crazy. Dream project, got to see my art, like actually racing around an F1 track, which is so sick. And then um, next week, next Friday, We've got an art car auction where like there's an illustration of an art car I made and then the winner gets the actual like um, F1 art car. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking insane. Dude, I have to say just like, obviously I'm a big fan of yours and a friend, but like seeing how this evolved, like you, you were known as the guy who made this helmet, right? Like that was always your avatar. And then from that to actually designing Lewis Hamilton's helmet when he won the big race and then then growing into like oh shit now you're designing this fucking car and the videos you posted of like the tail like that you designed for the actual car in the race like it shivers so epic yeah dude it's just like little shivers yeah we're seeing yeah. history like it like before our eyes and like this is probably something that you like probably said on clubhouse or twitter spaces that this would be like a dream of yours and then now it's like happening so yep. that's pretty fucking cool he did yeah i remember talking with um tommy um, back in the early uh, Nifty Gateway days and him being like, because like at that point, like we were like trying to find cool partnerships and he's like, who do you want to work with, man? I was like, only two people, man, Daft Punk or Lewis Hamilton. So now I just got to get Daft Punk back together. That's the, I mean, hey, that's the next thing. Let's yeah. see. They, make, they he, wear helmets. They dude, wear helmets is all I'm saying. Bring, if he can bring Daft Punk back together, uh, you know, the world will be a better place, I believe. It would be, it would be the <laughs> ultimate moment. Exactly. And I, you know what? We should bring you up for an origin story this week. Uh, so we can really yeah, hell yeah. art, dude. Yeah, totally. You know what would be great? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna manifest it to the same way you're doing. I mean it would be dope if Lewis Hamilton popped by, you know what I mean? Like hey, um, yo, he followed me. He followed me on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> so big not follow, gonna lie, that's one follow. of the only times I, 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 I fanboyed when I saw someone follow and I was like, Whoa, that's Lewis Hamilton, like Yo, low-key, though, my first ever verified follower was Steve Harvey, so, yeah. Damn. Yo, yo, tell Steve Harvey to come follow me so we can talk about a lot of things. I have a a weird flex, but 
uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton follows me, and I'm just about to hit the follow back button. So you know, uh, oh, but oh uh, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been following him on Instagram for fucking ages. Uh, but it, it would be cool to, to get him on. Uh, just uh, just putting it out there out in the ether. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Oh, Hamilton. Yeah. It would be an honor with Mad Dog Jones. That would be insane, actually. Uh, but yeah. with that, Jeremy. I brought you up real quick at the end. I think you wanted to add something to conversation ENS, and then we're going to slowly close off here. Yo, yeah. the legend. The legend, Yo, Jeremy. Jeremy Padauer, ladies I'm, and gentlemen. I'm here. No, I, I heard <laughs> – I heard. Uh, listen, I listen uh, often, and I rarely raise my hand because you guys are so remarkable what you do. I just don't know where I can add value. But right now, I can certainly add value here because this is this is an interesting thing, this whole concept of a naming system that folks are buying into. Because I, I started doing that in 1996 with domain names and did exceptionally well. And there were two elements that made a domain name valuable and still do today. One is that the name itself was generic or stood for something that uh, is easily remembered. So like if you were in the world of toys like I am, I make toys for a living, you would buy like toys.com and that would have extreme value because how easy is it for your consumers to remember to go to toys.com? But then the second value was based on something much more pragmatic and much more empirical. And that was the value in direct navigation traffic. So essentially what would happen is you would be able to look at toys.com and look at the fundamentals and see that every day, you know, 17,000 people on average would type in toys. And then the question would be, what would be the function of uh, turnover in terms of volume that that could do? So if you put a banner on toys.com, A, what is the value of that banner to a third party advertising? And B, uh, what's the percentage of people that would click through because they would find something like toys so compelling. And so the, the math would be very interesting. So if 17,000 people a day, or let's just for the purposes of this conversation, make it easy, 10,000 people a day come through. Let's just say that a banner ad was worth 10 cents. So if every one of the 10,000 people clicked that banner ad, it would be a thousand dollars a day in revenue. But generally speaking, maybe you'd have 50% of the people click it. So the net result would be that you'd have $500 every single day in value driven by just owning this domain name. So that would be, uh, what, $180,000 a year. And then the value of the name would be a multiple of that plus whatever the branding value is. So it was treated very much like a company. Profits on a multiple plus goodwill. And I wonder if maybe the same sort of academic or financial uh, analysis couldn't be done in the world that we're playing with today. And it certainly broke, as you know, uh, had very similar uh, repercussions in terms of Instagram and Twitter and other naming systems like that. But uh, I just wanted to, to jump in. And uh, I have so much more to talk about in this case. Uh, but, you know, this I don't want to I know it's the end of the show and I don't want to just, you know, push the time limits. So no, thank I, you so much. I think this is why we wanted to make sure we, we covered it, because I think ENS feels like one of those things where people should get um, smart on it and what the use cases will be early. Even if like you don't want to FOMO into buying the 10K club, like this is a protocol which is going to be incredibly valuable in the space over the medium term. There, are, I think that this is just the beginning of communities actually being formed on the back of it um, and that 10K club is probably the first one of that. Um, but I, I 
I really do believe in this as as the future of of, of like Web three and and um, the value of those of those uh, ENS domains is going to be is is could go exponential. I think. And and it's and and my last note on that, just to tag onto what you just said, is sometimes it'll be names that you never expect, like the word misophilioma dot com. This giant word, which was essentially uh, a form of cancer, sadly, that people were getting when they were around asbestos. In the 1990s, late 99, late 99, early 2000s, lawyers were paying $70 a click, no joke, for uh, a reference for people to be uh, guided by that. So if you owned mesothelioma.com, even if you had 100 people a day coming to that and 50% click through, that would be 50 times 70, $3,500 a day. So that over the course of 365 days is uh, a lot. I mean, I, it's like a million bucks. It's over a million dollars. And so the value of mesothelioma.com at the time, you could have made the argument that it was a $15 million name. So so toys.com actually could have been worth less than mesothelioma.com if you just simply looked at the value of the name, the value of the click-throughs. So as you guys are looking at your DNS strategies or your naming strategies or what to buy, don't necessarily think of it just through the lens of, you know, what you're interested in. Also think of it through the lens of the practical commercial and transactional applications of just owning it. Yeah, there's, there's actually a lot of uh, Web2 domainers. Uh, so, you know, Jeremy said he was super early on that. Uh, similar people coming in and just being like, guys, I made a killing on .com domains. And like, I think, you know, .it is basically going to be bigger because only, you know, for the most part, business owners needed a .com, but like a .it uh, might be a username for, you know, hundreds of millions of people potentially. So uh, yeah, that's the last thing I'll say on that too. But yeah, uh, shout out to Jeremy. I, I just learned a lot there. Yeah, that was great. I'm happy we managed to get that in and squeeze it in. So reminder, get your ENS domain. I wonder how many people got him. There's like a live bot, Daniel, since we were saying right now, if you're listening live, you should get an ENS domain. I wonder. Uh, Yo, I got that. I got that three digit ENS right off the bat. What do you have? I got MDJ. Oh, it's true. MDJ.eth. Yeah, it's a beauty. Yeah, that, that is a total, absolute beauty. I was really happy when I finally got my hands on uh, Farouk.eth. And, uh, it's a shame that Mad Dog has to be mad for life, though, now, you know? <laughs> yeah. It can't just be Dog Jones, you know? <laughs> I'm no, going to get dogjones.eth for when I become happy. I'm, I'm actually really happy that I have rugdao.eth and rugnft.eth and rugmedia.eth. I'll even have farug.eth. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that one. thought that was clever. Um, you know, shampoo poppy.eth, not bad. We have rug though, that kind of like a porn site. Uh, rug members.eth, um, a lot of them. Sia the other day sent me uh, I am strong.eth. I thought that was really cute. She's like, check your wallet. And, and she sent me that as a gift. Um, but things like that, those, it's, uh, it's just cool. Have, we have GM jar for this show that we got to set up. And also nugradio.e. So, yeah, get your .eth domains, y'all. With that, you already know the vibes. Um, oh, we're Friday. My God, for a second, I was like, damn. Okay, well, I guess <laughs> this was this was a great Friday the 13th show, special edition. Uh, we'll see Let's y'all go. not tomorrow, sadly. But we'll see y'all on Monday uh, for another episode of GM NFTs. 10, 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7, 3 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Monday for Friday. You already know, we come we come here, we bring on the heat with my co-host, Mando at OSF, and as usual, our special guests, and you, the listeners. So big thank you today to everybody who showed up. MDJ, Ryan, happy birthday, King. Jeremy, 
Daniel, Thank who was you. a special guest of the day. Thanks, y'all. Thank King Blackboard, Simon Chase, our Doodles correspondent, Spencer, and his usual Golden Crypto. Follow Golden Crypto. He's on stage right now. This man posts a thread recapping every single show every day the second the show ends. So in like five minutes, ten minutes, you're probably going to see it on Twitter. So make sure you catch those. Uh, they're usually really good and you get an idea of what we spoke about it and some thoughts and opinions there. And if not, well, you can catch the show also on Apple and, uh, and Spotify, uh, which is pinned uh, on top here. And it's also on Mendel's Twitter. Um, so I'll share it again as usual. And anyways, we all post the show uh, links after. Anyway, so yes, stay tuned. Have a beautiful weekend, y'all. Try to touch grass. You know, that's what they've been saying to do. And, uh, and it works. Uh, the more you touch grass, the more press the youth goes up right here. Uh, and so, you know, uh, NFA. But <laughs> anyway, I'll see you on Monday uh, for another episode. Peace out. Love you, man. Peace. Have a great Later. weekend. Peace. 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 Peace out. Birth. Later. Thanks, guys. Peace, guys. Peace, peace.